It's Tuesday, April the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Trump suspends immigration and crude prices turn negative. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump said he will sign an executive order to suspend immigration into America, justifying it with the pandemic. The move is to be undertaken in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, as well as the need to protect the jobs of our great American citizens, he tweeted. No further details were given. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's right-wing prime minister, and Benny Gantz, his centrist rival, agreed to form an emergency coalition government. Under the terms of the deal, Mr. Netanyahu will continue to serve as prime minister while he faces trial on charges of corruption, with Mr. Gantz taking over in October 2021. Neither won a majority in three elections, the most recent of which was in March. The price of the benchmark West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil Futures contract temporarily crashed into negative territory for the first time. Around the world, the supply of oil far exceeds demand as economies are hobbled by COVID-19. Steps to restrain production have been grand in scope, but limited in effect. The mismatch is a particular problem for landlocked American producers whose excess oil cannot be stored in container ships as Brent crude, which is produced at sea, can. Donald Trump is reportedly weighing a plan to pay American frackers to keep their oil below ground. Germany's economy is in a severe recession and its recovery will be slow, according to a report by the Bundesbank. Europe's largest economy has won praise for containing COVID-19 and keeping its death toll low, but the central bank warned growth would be hampered by those lockdown restrictions likely to remain in place until a vaccine is found. Poland's main opposition party, Civic Platform, and the junior party in the governing coalition, Accord, are near an agreement to delay the presidential election due in May, possibly by years. The two parties might be able to outvote the biggest governing party, Law and Justice, which wants to postpone the vote by mere weeks and possibly hold it by post. Turkey delayed its plans to activate a Russian missile defense system that has drawn threats of American sanctions. The Trump administration fears that Russia could use the S-400 to spy on NATO's warplanes. Turkey attributed the holdup to efforts to control its coronavirus outbreak, but insisted there was no going back on its commitment to activate the system. And trouble rocked Richard Branson's globe-spanning conglomerate as the billionaire announced that one airline, Virgin Atlantic, would fail without government aid, and another, Virgin Australia, in which his Virgin Group holds a minority share, was at the point of collapse. In a letter to staff, Mr Branson vowed to mortgage his luxury properties in the British Virgin Islands to help the Virgin Group during the pandemic. And now, here's today's agenda. Most Wanted Arrests in Hong Kong The arrest on April 18th of 15 well-known pro-democracy figures sent shockwaves through Hong Kong. They include venerable lawmakers and lawyers, as well as younger activists accused of attending or organising unauthorised anti-government protests last year. More arrests are expected to follow, but this is risky. Authorities cannot lock up all two million who have marched, and arrests may inflame tensions. Protesters are now eyeing an annual pro-democracy march on July 1st and elections to the Legislative Council in September. Both could be disrupted by the introduction of Article 23, legislation that requires that Hong Kong authorities clamp down on treason, sedition and secessionism, and which the government in Beijing insists must be passed urgently. 
That would require rushing a vote through LegCo, which has been incapacitated for months, or some non-legislative bypass at China's behest. It hopes a draconian new law may stifle dissent, but opposition to it could eclipse anything the territory has yet seen. Zero tolerance, New Zealand and the coronavirus. Today, New Zealand announced just five new cases of COVID-19, despite having tested more than 3,000 people in the preceding 24 hours. In total, only 13 people have died from the virus, yet yesterday the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern declared a five-day extension of the strict lockdown that began nearly four weeks ago. Countries with many more new cases each day have begun to relax lockdowns, but New Zealand's strategy, unique in the West, is to eliminate the virus from its shores entirely. While other countries may battle further waves with cycles of lockdowns, the New Zealand government believes that toughing it out now could soon permit Kiwis young and old to go back to work with few restrictions and without fear of any significant spike in cases. For it to work, though, strict border controls will have to be maintained until a treatment or vaccine is found. Bad expected, worse abated, Britain's labour market. British unemployment is rising sharply, with claims for universal credits, the main out-of-work benefit, rising by more than one million over the past month. That leap came too late for today's update on the jobs market from the Office for National Statistics, probably the most upbeat for a long time. The COVID-19 scenario, published by the Office for Budget Responsibility, which makes forecasts for policymakers, sees unemployment above 10% in the coming months, from under 4% before the crisis. That forecast would have been even worse, but for the government's retention scheme, which began yesterday. The government will pay 80% of the wages of furloughed employees up to £2,500, $3,100 a month, until the end of June in order to keep workers attached to their jobs. Employers made 67,000 claims within half an hour of the scheme opening. The OBR reckons it will eventually cover around one-third of private sector employees. Blue skies, red ink, and green fleets? Cars and the crisis. Quiet, car-free city streets may appear one of the small silver linings of the lockdowns intended to suppress the spread of the coronavirus, but for the world's vehicle manufacturers, the absence of exhaust fumes is worrying. Following China's lead, car makers in Europe and America shut up shop in February, but now China's assembly lines have cranked back into gear, and this week others around the world are tentatively following they face a difficult future. Most analysts reckon global sales will be down by around 20% this year, even if factories can manage social distancing and a wobbling global supply chain can provide parts. The long-term future is also uncertain. Economic recession may hit sales for far longer and changes to habits may mean fewer car journeys. And at a time when profits were already under pressure, investments in electric cars may suffer, prolonging the period before city air becomes permanently cleaner. Predictable plot, Netflix's prospects. Spoiler alert, today the streaming giant will report a blockbuster first quarter. In last season's drama, Netflix's growth in America, home to a third of its subscribers, was slowing. But under lockdown, Americans have flocked back. Almost all the most-watched programs in March came via Netflix. Its international presence compounds the benefits. In April, new episodes of its Spanish hit Money Heist have in some countries made quarantine more bearable. Higher global subscriptions and lower spending on new material because of virus-related filming restrictions will reduce cash burn, something investors have longed for. 
and the crisis has not been kind to its competitors. Disney has shut its theme parks, cable television firms cannot offer sports, and those who have yet to launch streaming services may have missed the boat. To be sure, optimism is baked into Netflix's share price. It is worth almost as much as Disney. An upbeat business story is long overdue nonetheless. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Muir, who was born on this day in 1838. When we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.